Hello, and welcome to another Balm and Gilead Flying Solo podcast. Unfortunately, this is not what I wanted to record today. In fact, you may have noticed that this is a three-week break in between the last episode and this one. That was unintentional. So what happened was uh, Grant Baker, the Grant Baker, was sitting in this chair, this empty chair. He was sitting there, and I was sitting here, and we recorded this episode. And I realized as I was uploading it into YouTube that I forgot very important part of the recording process, which was plugging the equipment in. I recorded the video so you could see us doing all that stuff, but you couldn't hear us say anything. The reason was, was there are some cables right there that were not plugged in. You could say that mistakes were made. It was very unfortunate because it would have been better. It would have been better. It would have been a very decent episode with me and Grant talking and having fun together, talking about the subject. But now it will only be a half decent episode because you just get me. Um, so let's just get into it then. Um, before I do get fully into it, I want to show you this. This is a little bee that uh, was made by uh, a very special uh, company called Swan Song, Swan Song Crafting. And uh, they, so this, this, this lady, Abby, I don't know her actual name. Abby is her, uh, is her uh, nom de plure on uh, Not the Bee. So she made some little bees for Not the Bee folk. And um, she had a contest. She said, hey, whoever wants to sign up for this contest, random drawing raffle thing, sign up. So I did. And I won. And she made it for me in my podcast colors. This lady has a couple brothers who also have a podcast called Super Reformed Bros. And uh, on a recent episode, they had me on. So I just want to say thank you. You said, she said thank you to me. So I say thank you back to her. So uh, Swan Song Crafting, if you visit their site, you could purchase one of these little bees or any number of other little Swan Song crafted trinkets. So, um, so let's just talk about some relevant things. So there was a, uh, there's a show, TV show on, it's not actually TV. It's a Netflix show, Netflix streaming, uh, show called, uh, Stranger Things. You've probably heard of it. Uh, if you saw the episode title of this episode and said, Hey, that sounds familiar, then you will already know what I'm about to say. But on the second season of Stranger Things at the end, there was this kind of company, and this was in season one and season two, this company that did some unspeakably horrific acts, such as uh, experimenting on children and uh, trying to uh, trying to generate powers in these children to be able to spy on 
Russian intelligence from America. And what they did was they accidentally stumbled upon an interdimensional universe where monsters live and they uh, created a portal into this world and this monster was able to come into our world and kidnap people and eat them and and there was no justice for these victims um, and so the main characters of the show were trying to uh, one of the storylines at least was they were trying to to uh, have justice for Barb and uh, when they are finally able to convince the world that something happened, they didn't necessarily shed 100% of the light on it, but they were able to they were able to have justice for Barb. And when the kind of leader of this company was forced to to fess up, was forced to face the facts of these horrifically unspeakable. Uh, atrocities that they uh, that they did and that they approved of uh, this character just says the words mistakes were made and as a viewer you hear that phrase and you think that doesn't come anywhere close to it it's, that is the most lackluster apology I've ever heard in my life mistakes were made it's blame shifting it's it's downplaying it's it's a uh, it's all sorts of of you know just it just speaks to the atrocities themselves uh you know they they had they did not feel bad for what they had done uh they try to make other people think less of the deeds they try to uh, take on as little personal responsibility of the atrocities as possible and that's what that word kind of connotates a mistake for example if you accidentally pour sugar into unsweetened iced tea and forget to tell someone about it so that that person then pours the sweetened tea into an unsweetened tea labeled urn for other people to pull that sweet tea out of and serve to guests that might be diabetic that's a mistake it has consequences uh, but if that mistake is caught then you can fix it i am speaking from personal experience um, that Things happen. Mistakes happen. They most mistakes carry zero moral uh, weight with them. Uh, however, um, sin is different. Sin is very different. Sin is willful rejection of the law of God. It is saying, "I reject what God has said," and I will do what I want to do instead. Very different. It is not a mistake. You don't accidentally sin for the most part. Sometimes I mean, you could accidentally sin, um, but those are uh, like there were sacrifices for the sins that you didn't realize that you did. Um, but for the most part, um, you, you consciously make an effort to sin. You go out of your way to sin. Uh, and if you were to realize that you had sinned by mistake and you did nothing to fix that mistake, then you sin intentionally. Um, so you can't use that as an excuse. Oh, I didn't know it was a sin. It's like, well, if you didn't know it was a sin, then you still need to fess up. You still, if you, when you come at the point that you realize that you sinned, then, then it becomes conscious. Um, and that's Old Testament law stuff going on. 
So sin is intentional. A mistake, for the most part, is unintentional. If you intentionally do something wrong because, it, like, if you catch yourself making a mistake and you're like, eh, I'll let someone else deal with that, then, then it becomes a sin. It, it ceases to be a mistake and it becomes a sin. Um, so if I realized that it was sweet tea as I was pouring it into the unsweetened tea urn and I did nothing to fix it and I said, eh, I did what I was supposed to do. I took the tea from that spot and I poured it into there and we're good. But at the moment that I suspected that there was sugar in it, I tasted a sample. I realized, yes, this is sweet tea. And I cleaned the urn out and I fixed the error that was both mine and someone else's. Um, and it's, it was annoying. I was annoyed for the rest of the day because I had to do that extra work. But that extra work was nothing compared to what if we sent a diabetic to the hospital. And uh, so you, you don't need to, you know, if you make a mistake, you need to fix it. But it's not the same as a sin. And uh, next I kind of want to talk about, um, there's this book, you may have heard of it. Uh, it was called The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. It was written a long time ago. I don't remember when. It's been a while. So, spoiler alert, there's a scene, or the beginning of the book, uh, this, this guy named Christian uh, gets a book and starts to read it. And as he reads it, he develops this burden on his back, this gigantic burden that is weighing him down, and he wants to get rid of this burden. So he sets out on a pilgrimage to rid himself of this burden. Now, as you read the book, you realize that um, you know, he, the burden is sin. It's, it's, his, uh, it's his guilt. It, it is his conviction of the sin because of the guilt of the sin that, that he has. He sins. He is guilty. Guilt is a legal word that means you know, that, that I am responsible. I am the responsible party for, um, for paying the consequences of the guilt. If I murder someone and I am guilty then my consequences are either life in prison or the death penalty. Like those are, that is guilt. That is the consequences of the guilt. However, if I'm found not guilty, then I do not have to pay the consequences uh, for, for the sin, especially if I wasn't guilty. Um, and in Christianity, when Jesus paid the punishment, he, he paid the consequences on my behalf so that when God looks at me and my sin, he sees Christ's righteousness and declares me not guilty of those sins that I committed. Even though he knows I committed them, he still counts me as righteous, counts me as not guilty because of that imputed righteousness, Christ's righteousness uh, on me. So as, as Christian um, goes on his pilgrimage, he comes to the foot of the cross and he bends down and his burden rolls off of his back and down this hill and lands in the empty tomb. And he can no longer get that. He, he, he tries to get his burden back, but his burden has been taken away from him. And he is no longer responsible for that burden. That is the moment in the book where he is made just, like he is justified. He is completely converted. Um, he is regenerated. He becomes a Christian at, at the cross. Um, and there's a song that 
it's an old hymn. It says, at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. And I am convinced that, that some of the imagery was taken from the Pilgrim's Progress for the burden of my heart rolled away. That is very descriptive of what happens in, in the story of the Pilgrim's Progress. Um, and that is, it's a very beautiful song. And as we know what the burden is, we know that it is the, uh, the insurmountable guilt that he, or that I am, am facing because of my willful rejection of the law of the Lord. Because I rejected God, because I rejected Christ, I was the guilty party. I um, wore the burden of my conviction of my sin. And had I passed away, God would have declared me guilty and I would have been sentenced to eternity in hell. And, uh, and those are very, that, that's very heavy. It's a very heavy issue. So when the Southern Baptist Convention sang this song this past year, just a few weeks ago, um, they changed the words. They changed them. They said at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, and the burden of my mistakes rolled away. The burden of my mistakes. So we're redefining the burden. It's no longer the burden of my heart that I understand to be the conviction of the guilt of my sin. It, it is now the burden of my mistakes. What is the burden of my mistakes? I no longer have to worry about the potential diabetic that I might have sent to the hospital. I don't, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I, I don't have to worry about the podcast episode that I recorded where you didn't hear anything that I said. You don't have to worry about, you know, the, uh, you don't have to worry about the time I was late for work and someone else had to stay an extra five minutes because I, I, I left part of my uniform at home and had to go and get it. These are things I don't have to worry about anymore because the burden of my mistakes rolled away. Words have meaning. Words have meaning. And the meaning of the word mistake is not the same as the meaning of the word sin. They carry completely different connotations. One is my willful rejection of the law of the Lord. My guilt, my legal guilt before the judge of the universe. Another is an, is an amoral, not an immoral, but an amoral uh, object of part, of part of the fallen world. Because I'm human, I make errors. Because I'm human, I make mistakes. Uh, these aren't uh, sins at, all the time. You know, this is something I do by accident. This is something that um, you know, I, I, I made an error in my calculations. I misjudged the distance. You know, I, um, I didn't complete the project to the best of my ability, um, or my ability wasn't enough to complete the project. That's even more of, of a mistake. Um, but if, but changing the words of this song, the burden of my mistakes rolled away, that changes the meaning. It, it redefines the burden. The burden is no longer the, the conviction of the guilt 
of, of due to my willful rejection of the law. The, this burden is now the burden of my mistakes. It's the burden of these accidental things that I did that, that inconvenienced someone else um, or that inconvenienced myself or that, you know, it's, it's just so different. And it was wrong. It was not a mistake that they did this. It was an, a grievous error that they did this because they are promoting this, this idea that I'm not fully responsible. I'm, I'm, or, it, or it wasn't that big of a deal. Why are you making such a big deal about this? It was just a mistake. It, it's downplaying it. It's blame shifting. And how can you confess your sins before the Lord? When in 1 John uh, 1.9 where it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. How can I confess of my sins if I am refusing to admit that they are sins? If I am just trying to downplay them as a mistake? You can't. You can't repent of your sins if you are downplaying them as a simple mistake. If you're trying to blame shift saying I'm not the full, I'm not the only responsible party. Um, someone else was more responsible than I was because it was a mistake. Mistakes were made. Uh, you cannot fully repent. You cannot fully confess your sins before the Lord if you refuse to acknowledge them as sins. Other words that do the same similar thing as failure. Um, you know, saying, uh, in, like in the song, So Will I by Hillsong United, where it says a hundred billion failures disappear. Jesus didn't die on the cross for our failures to disappear. That it just, that doesn't cut it. It's downplaying it. It's blame shifting. It's, it's, it is not fully repentant. If otherwise it would have said sins are washed away because the words matter. Uh, and you can't just, you, you can't just choose the, the easier word. Because why? Why are you choosing easier word? You have to ask, why? Why would I change the word from heart to mistake? Um, why would I do that? It wasn't for it wasn't for the rhythm. It wasn't for the rhyme. It wasn't it wasn't to make it better poetry because it didn't do any of that. They made a conscious decision to change this perfectly fine word into a clunkier word that wasn't the same. Uh, that didn't carry the same connotation, that didn't carry the same poetic elements, that they, they chose to make the song less good in order to propagate a message. And you have to ask, why? Why are they propagating this message? And that's something to think about. And that's something that they need to be called out on because we, we can't just do that. Now, if, if this was the PCA or the OPC, I would be saying the same thing. I'm not just picking on the Baptists. Um, I think at the PCA, GA, they played the um, the Ukrainian National Anthem. And, you know, I, why? What, just because they were attacked by Russia? I don't know. Uh, but that was the only other drama that I could find. I, I didn't find anyone else having done, done this. Uh, some other things that have come out uh, have been some really, really bad takes on Roe v. Wade uh, where, where people that in, or people in the church are saying that it was wrong to overturn Roe v. Wade. There, is, there should be zero Christians in the world today saying it was wrong to overturn Roe v. Wade. This is not a gray area. This is black and white. 
abortion is murder, and it is murdering someone who is um, an, in the, an image bearer of God. And overturning Roe v. Wade is probably the greatest thing in the Supreme Court that has happened in my generation. And I do, uh, I do rejoice, and I have zero sympathy for anyone who is upset about it because this is a huge win. For, for the pro-life camp, for the not just pro-life as a political thing, but for life. This is a great thing for life, for anyone who is alive. Um, anyway, that is a tangent. Um, and so words matter, life matters, things matter. And we have to we have to celebrate the victories and we have to call out the mistakes. Oh, one more thing before I make any more mistakes. Um, I wanted to make an announcement that this is going to be the last episode for a while. Uh, we are going to take a break for the rest of the summer. Uh, I'm starting my teaching gig uh, full time. And it's my first year is like from beginning to end teacher. And so I need to take some time to really work on that, uh, especially since this is my new vocation. I want to uh, to get at the time it, it really needs, so I'm going to take some time off from the podcast for a couple, two, three months, um, which is, it's good timing because we just kind of finished a, a, a season, if you will, so we're going to start season five in the fall. Uh, TBD is when we're going to start releasing episodes again. Um, however, if you want to stay up to date on the latest Balm and Gilead shenanigans, if you will... Um, we have a Discord channel. Uh, I kind of alluded to it in our last episode. Uh, but yeah, we have a Discord channel now. So if you will email us at thereis at balmcast.com, we will respond with an invitation to join our Discord channel. And you can share that invitation with anyone that you think would enjoy it. So please uh, join us at our Discord. And... Uh, and so, Discord, Vacation, uh, Season 5, I think is what our next season will be. We'll start at some point. Um, Long-awaited episode uh, on kind of revisiting the royalties argument. Uh, we want to do it right. It's going to be a scholarly episode, and we don't want to just throw it together. And we've not really had the time that we wanted to put into it yet. So we're going to take that time, take a, a month, two months, maybe even three months, and just doing research into this topic and uh, maybe pulling in some other experts and maybe having a, a large panel for this next episode. So stay tuned, join our Discord, and until if, if between now and then Jesus comes, so be it.